Welcome to the Stress Nanny Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Miller, and I'm delighted that you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about how to feel calm and crazy at the same time. It may sound a little tricky, but in reality, being able to hold the space for those two states of being is a really useful skill. And it's also something that is proving more and more crucial the longer we find ourselves in the COVID-19 environment. Let me explain. I was reading a New York Times article this morning and that was talking about the impact of the pandemic on children and on their development. And it talked about the need for children to have socialization and structure and the need to be in school and the need to have some flexibility around health guidelines in order to accommodate children's other needs. Uh, the American Pediatric Association had written this article and it was met with surprise by some because generally they tend to be really conservative when it comes to children's health. And this felt like straying from that a little bit. As I read the article, it explained that one of the reasons that they came out with this policy and felt the need to communicate it clearly was because they were seeing so many side effects of isolation on children and on families that they felt like when they were weighing the two, the scale was a little bit out of balance and the health concerns were not as um, as many or as weighty as the concerns that had to do with children's social, emotional, and academic well-being. It was interesting because the article also mentioned mothers and how the toll on mothers is disproportionate right now. And mothers are carrying a huge weight of just the impact of the virus. As I read the article, I felt myself being pulled in two directions, like wanting to exercise caution and safety on behalf of children and simultaneously completely agreeing as both a mother who has experienced a a heavier weight of responsibility during the pandemic and also a mother who sees her child, you know, longing to be with friends and longing for that social interaction and connection and the academic stimulation and just the achievement that comes with moving through curriculum with a teacher guiding you, you know, with regular assessments and just the opportunity to kind of showcase what you know to someone other than your mom, like with your iPad in your room. And it was interesting because in the moment I could found I could sit with those two ideas um, and I could sit with them in a space of contemplation in a space of curiosity, wondering how both could prove true. Like how are both going to bear out where we keep our kids safe and we also cultivate other aspects of our development that are not being attended to right now. Right now in society, culturally, we're being asked to hold a lot of things that seem counterintuitive, things that seem like they don't fit together, but in reality, there is a way for them to fit if we can hold the space for it. So the opportunity to practice integration, this idea of holding calm and chaos or calm and chaos or crazy and calm at the same time is one that is really useful on all levels, both like on a micro personal level and then on a macro level culturally. 
Um, I've been looking at a lot of literature over the last few weeks, as I'm sure we all have, in terms of Black Lives Matter and the impact of police. And as I was doing some anti-racism webinars and really studying and trying to understand my biases and see my perspective, I was feeling like, oh my gosh, there's so much that has to change. You know, listening to documentaries and just viewing different resources that helped me see that there's a lot that I haven't been aware of. Um, later on this week, I had the opportunity to work with our local police department in cultivating mindfulness activities. And it was eye-opening to also hear that side of what's going on right now and to hear the perspective that, um, you know, that was being offered there. And so I found myself again in this place where I'm holding space for both things, you know, like the need for change and the need for compassion, the need for accountability and the need for training and just like how we can hold space for seemingly opposite ideas right now is something that is just coming up over and over and over again. So it's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about it today on the podcast because there are so many ways this is beneficial when you can learn to do it. And as a society, we're seeing so much polarization right now. So many people taking sides and just kind of throwing ideas or um, maybe even people back and forth in terms of just like who's at fault or who's responsible. And there needs to be accountability in that regard. And people need to be in a position to um, accept the consequences of their choices for sure. At the same time, I think the place where we find solutions is that middle ground. I'll share one more example, and then I'll get to the content that I wanted to share today about the brain and this idea of integration. So there was a, a Tibetan army and a Chinese army, and they were up in the hills, and they were preparing to go to war with each other. And each felt very strongly about their cause and felt like they were justified in their actions. They were in these mountains, and they decided to bring in these... Um, monks. So these Buddhist monks came into the middle, the space between, and they sent half the monks to talk to the Tibetan army and half the monks to talk to the Chinese army. At the end of the first day, all the monks done, all the monks had done was listen. They listened to what the Tibetan army had to say. The other ones had listened to what the Chinese army had to say, and they just kind of let that process. The next day they got up and again, they just listened. They listened all day. Listened to what was going on with the Tibetan army. Listened to what was going on with the Chinese army. And had the opportunity to just be part of the solution because they could sit in the middle. It ended up that the armies didn't fight because what happened was the monks came to the middle. They discussed amongst themselves what was going on. And understanding came about in the middle. Solutions were cultivated in the middle. The space in between two seemingly opposite needs, armies, ways of viewing the world. And it's such a powerful example because that's the opportunity we have with mindfulness and with cultivating deeper awareness is to be able to occupy that space in the middle where you can say, yes, Black Lives Matter. Yes, there's so much that needs to change. And yes, mindfulness needs to be part of the solution. Yes, you need to have, we need to exercise compassion for our police because I had no idea the kind of day that, um, that they go through. And so it, it just, 
it's one of those places where if you can cultivate the skill in your own self and then you can practice it in your family, you can practice it in your community at work, you can practice it in a church setting, in any kind of volunteer setting, you can practice it, you know, more globally. And there's so many opportunities for it to come in handy when we can occupy the space in the middle and hold two things that seem to be at odds, hold them together and find some sort of integration there. So one of the things that those, t- those monks did in the space in between was they took uh, each side seriously, right? Like no one was written off and no one was taken like as less than their, their opinions mattered. Right. So when we think about this on an interior level, like when we're looking at our own self and our own emotions, one of the things that I think is important is to just recognize what's going on and honor it. So right now, for example, the being a mom is extremely challenging, right? There's so many things kind of pulling us in all these directions and it feels impossible, right? It feels like There's so many just demands on our time and intention and energy and just the fact that we may be going into like another round of increased um, lifestyle modification and staying home more. It just feels like a lot. And so acknowledging that and not saying like, oh, it's going to be fine. It's not that big a deal. And just say, no, like this is hard. Like let that be one of the, like one of the things that you're, you know, creating space in between. Like that's your reality. And then also like, oh my gosh, I love having this time with my kid. I love having, you know, the opportunity. I've heard that from moms a lot. Like I love having my kids. Like it's, they're playing together. We're spending time together. And so just holding the space for it to be simultaneously really hard and really great. And maybe in the same moment. (laughs) And so that is the first step, right? Is just acknowledging the reality of the situation. Like what are the viewpoints here and what am I trying to kind of integrate and synergize and connect with? And once you can do that, one of the ways you move from to the next space is recognizing the opportunities for integration. So by integration, we mean letting those things exist and just being present with them, right? And just continuing to move forward and not getting stuck in this space where there's two things that seem like polar opposites. So in Dan Siegel's book, um, The Whole Brain Child, he talks about the river of integration. And if you haven't seen that graphic, I'll briefly explain it and I'll link to it in the show notes. But the river of integration is just this graphic where there's a river and there's a person floating in a boat on the river. They have one or two oars and they're going along this river. And on one side, there's this rigid, it's characterized as a brick wall. I like to think of it as a rock wall because that feels more natural to me. So a rock wall. Um, that's on one side of the river and the other side of the river is kind of like marsh and weeds and it's a little bit more chaotic over there. There's the potential for getting stuck. Um, and so the idea is that as we row our boat down the river or up the river, we are going to have times when we tend toward that rigidity of the rock wall. And we're going to have times when we tend toward the chaos of like the marshes. 
and life might blow us over there like the winds of life might be blowing us in either direction, you know, or the current, wherever the current is going that day, that might impact it. But what we can do is just be aware of the way we tend to stray most often. And again, like I encourage you all the time on this podcast, notice without judgment. So the minute we notice, like I tend toward rigidity, like if, if I'm stressed out or if I'm going down the river or if if things feel a little dicey, I'm going to cling to like ways to control and schedule and really like just linear thinking, you know, like having a plan and a schedule and really adhering to it, having that to-do list. And there's nothing wrong with that. And one of the things that we have a tendency to do is when we notice that pattern, we'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm such a control freak. I just, I just always, I'm so type A, you know, I can't, I just like can't go anywhere without my list, which is all well and good. But if you get lost in the story, that's when you're losing the space for integration, right? Like if you're getting wrapped up in a story around it, you're not just sitting kind of present with what is going on right now. So if you can sit with what is going on right now and like, hey, I am feeling like an intense need to control. My life feels really out of control and it feels chaotic. And so I am like swaying as far as I can over this rigid rock wall side of the river, just like clinging on, hoping that like by having control, having some sense of control, that the journey will be, you know, smoother for me or I'll be okay. Um, Similarly we may have a tendency toward chaos. So we may, when things are, you know, when we're under stress or we're having a hard time, we may have a tendency to just kind of like give up, throw caution to the wind, you know, let go of any sense of schedule or let go of any sense of routine and just kind of get stuck and feel helpless over in the marshes. And if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that I am allergic to helplessness. And so that space is also kind of a scary one to be because if you sit in helplessness for long enough, it starts to kind of just like breed more of itself. And so, you know, like the more, the more you're sitting over in that stagnant water, the more, you know, you're just kind of getting stuck in the mud over there and it's going to be a little bit harder to, to come out. So when we find ourselves in either of those situations, again, the idea is not to judge. We don't want to be like, oh, I'm so lazy. I just never, I just can't get it together. I don't know what's wrong with me. Because again, we lose the opportunity in that space to get curious. If we just start judging ourselves and if we start creating a story around it, we lose the space right in the middle and we just get wrapped up in whatever storyline we choose at the time. So one of the things that we can do is recognize that we can have both of those experiences and they can exist simultaneously. So we don't have to always be like chaotic and helpless in our life and we don't always have to be super rigid and controlling, right? And that life can exist in some continuum in the middle. But it also is important to recognize that like we probably have tendencies toward one or the other because they're useful to us. Like if lowering our expectations and accepting a different level of chaos is functional behavior, then, you know, there's a reason we should stick with that. So it may be your boat veers over there, you know, more often. And that's kind of the side of the river that you work with is that more flexible side of your brain, the creative side of your brain, the one that's, um, just a little more subjective, not, not as rigid. And it it may be that your tendency is more toward the structure. 
But when we can look at it from this perspective of moving down the river and just like the momentum down the river is the important thing. It allows us to draw ourselves back into a place of balance by utilizing the part of the river that we're not currently utilizing. So if we're feeling chaotic and helpless, we can like implement a little bit more structure to help us balance it out. Similarly, if we're feeling really really like a sense of rigidity and control and we're feeling frustration because our rigidity and control isn't leading to the answers that we're used to it leading to or the results that we're used to it leading to, um, which is an experience a lot of people are having right now, right? Like usually if we make a plan, we're, it's it works out. Like we can generally like count on some things to like get in place so that our plan can be implemented, but that's not necessarily the world we live in right now, right? And so sometimes it can feel just super frustrating and we can get really angry because what is usually working for us is not working right now. And so that's why this idea of integration is important because to build resilience over the next stretch, whatever it ends up looking like, we're probably going to need to draw on some tools that we haven't already used with a lot of frequency. And um, that's where this river comes in. So if our tendency is toward rigidity, we can draw in like a little bit more comfort with chaos And if our tendency is toward chaos, we can draw in a little bit more comfort with structure. And so by doing that, that's when we find ourselves in this space of integration. And from a brain perspective, like a psychology perspective, this space of integration is where the magic happens. Like I was saying earlier with those stories, this space is where new ideas can come. It's where we can find solutions that are not accessible or visible to us is we like stick to the side of the river that we're used to. But when we can kind of move to a more middle space, we start to notice different things. We start to experience different things. Our vantage point on the river changes and we can see how the river has both of those sides and how they're both really beautiful and they're really functional in terms of keeping the river flowing and flowing in its course. They're functional for the animal and plant life surrounding it. And they're functional for us in terms of like our brain um, health and the way that it works. We need both of those parts of our brain, the part that's okay with chaos and the part that's a little bit more structured. And so when we can integrate them and use both of those parts of our brain simultaneously, that's where the magic is. So over the next little bit, I encourage you to just notice another phrase Dan Siegel uses is name it to tame it. And I love that. He talks about how if you can just even identify kind of where you're at psychologically, it's a huge boon to your neurotransmitters because your brain will release neurotransmitters that kind of balance out the stress of not knowing what you're feeling. So even if over the next little bit, you can just identify if you're tending more toward chaos or rigidity, you know, or identify the emotion that you're feeling like I'm feeling so angry because I made this plan and it just didn't work. Um, I had that thought this week because we had to cancel some things um, due to the virus uh, being, you know, like in proximity to us. So we needed to exercise a little bit more caution. And so I was like, I had all this stuff planned. Like I, I was really loving the ability to get back to a plan. And so it was so frustrating for me when I had to change my plan, you know, but settling back into this space, we're like, okay, but there are still some things I can plan and I just have to be okay with a different level of chaos right now. And 
that's just going to be the way things are for a while. But when I can sit in that middle space, instead of getting wrapped up in a story on either side, or instead of clinging to a solution that's not actually serving me in that moment, then I'm able to move forward and keep moving forward and cultivate resilience in the space between. So I wish you that this week as you begin to integrate calm and crazy in your world, just take the opportunity to name the emotion as it comes up. And if it feels like it's not compatible with something else that you're feeling, just be that space in between. Hold the space to see how those two things can be compatible. How two true things can work together, how two two seemingly opposite experiences can combine to create something new and interesting. And I'm so excited to see where that leads you. One of the beauties of doing this work is that if you let your children witness it and you let your children be part of your dialogue as you kind of sort through this, they cultivate the tools and skills that they need in order to do this for themselves. And it's such a powerful tool to teach children. And like anything, it works better if you can learn it yourself before you teach it to your kids. But let them see, you know, let them see you struggle to integrate. Let them see you struggle to hold calm and crazy in the same moment and be okay with it. And it will be such a gift to them to be able to witness your process as you work through it. And it'll give them tools of resilience that they need because this isn't an experience that's unusual. It's something that we experience throughout life. It's just right now, it's so much more prevalent Um, And so many of us are experiencing the same kind of polarities. And so there's just more dialogue around it and we can cultivate understanding and resilience in a way we never have been able to before in my lifetime. And so I just would invite you to take the opportunity to integrate wherever you can. Until next time, take care. (laughs) 